0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Notre Dame Football News and Notes Show on the OFD Podcast. I'm your host Joshua Voles, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And today is Saturday, August 28th. And just got uh, a few things to share today. That's what this Notre Dame Football News and Notes Show is about. Just uh, just a quick... uh, quick regurgitation of, uh, of some new- newsy stuff. Uh, so let's get going. Uh, first off, we had our, I mean, basically our one and only major injury uh, from Notre Dame football camp uh, this last week, unfortunately. Uh, linebacker Maris Lewafow was playing the Will linebacker. Uh, we believe... You know, I've heard, I saw reports, uh, broken something or other. Uh, whether it's broken ankle, broken leg, um, but no like uh, ACL tears or anything like that. But it's broken It's a broken bone something. It's a and it sounds like he will miss an extended amount of time. Most likely, uh, that means uh, the season. Uh, the lower part of that leg, the ankle, uh, leg breaks. Those are those are usually season ending injuries. Uh, although um, nothing official from Notre Dame has come out about uh, length of time uh, with Marist. In his place will likely be uh, J.D. Bertrand. And, you know, I know Shane Simon is still sitting there, but Bertrand was really the one who, uh, well, he was a big riser in fall camp. He was a guy that uh, everyone started to mention. He was, you know, flashing on the practice field and, you know, was a guy that was, going to be hard to keep off the field. Well, now he's going to likely be the the starter at will alongside Drew White uh, okay. out there. So, um, you know, J.D. Bertrand was a guy, look, Maris Leuphile and J.D. Bertrand and they came in the same recruiting class, and both of them were considered to be not likely, but possible gray shirts because of numbers and kind of because of like you know where the recruiting ranking was at and you know who was recruiting them you know Bertrand was once a commitment uh, you know committed to Georgia uh, and I won't say they pushed him out but it was kind of like uh, we got like four other guys that are higher ranked kind of a thing I, you know along those lines uh, but it's just kind of funny the the two guys who came into a class that, you know, everyone was talking about possibly gray shirting, and neither one of them did, by the way. But those were these those are one and two guys right now at uh, as juniors uh, at the will linebackers. So Clark Lee knew what he was doing. Notre Dame knew, knows what they're doing, uh, and uh, I, I, you know, I, you know, heartbroken for Marist because I think he was going to have a huge. Huge season. There was all indications to say that, uh, you know, to state that he was going to have a big year. Uh, But excited for JD Bertrand and for the opportunity in front of him. So we'll we'll see what what happens there. Uh, Notre Dame announced this week their game day policies, Um, despite having a mandatory vaccinations for staff, all staff and students at Notre Dame. They are not going to require vaccinations, uh, proof of vaccination to attend Notre Dame football games. Masks are also optional. Uh, Jack Swarbrick went on to say that uh, he w- expects non-vaccinated uh, attendees to wear masks. Uh, but quite frankly, uh, <laughs> if you're unvaccinated, the chances of you just uh, volunteering to v- wear a mask outdoors is uh, it, it's null, it's, it's absolutely zero. Uh, so I doubt that happens. Um, so a little, a little surprised on that. Uh, it may be a lot surprised, uh, just because of what their policies were with you know with the rest of the campus. Uh, but you know, it, I, I don't want to say it is what it is because I, I really think they're dunking on themselves here for for saying one thing and expecting one thing out of the students and staff, and then for 80,000 people, or 70,000, whatever it is, uh, showing up on campus, something else. Like, like that's not, uh, not going to affect what goes on around campus. <sighs> but here we are. Um, they also, <clears throat> you know, in, that, in those statements announced that, you know, tailgating's back to normal. Uh, the parking lots will open up at 8 a.m., for the first two games in the year, the rest of the games, um, they'll announce at a later date. Uh, I I honestly can't remember when, or what time the uh, the gates were open in the past. I wa- I pretty sure it was earlier than eight o'clock. Um, like I want to say six, but I could be wrong there. I don't think I've ever made it up uh, to a game that early unless I stumbled in walking onto campus, uh, and that would have been years ago. Um, they're also still going to have uh, the the pep rallies, uh, and these are also open to the public. Again, I uh, not that you would require proof of vaccination or mass at the at the outdoor pep rally, but again, uh, it's just uh, the policy of you know not requiring proof of vaccination for the attendees, and they're going to have all these people that you know don't know if they're vaccinated or not showing up at all these things. It's I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. And I'm not trying to, you know, to push it on you, although I do fully believe in, in science and, and vaccinations. Uh, we've, we've all got vaccines our whole lives. Uh, but I just say this: the, the policy doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, I believe that everything else is kind of like still in place. You know, the, the football Fridays at the Eck, uh, player walk. These are all things that are, that are going to continue and go on. Um, if you are going to the game, uh, everything, the venue is going to be cashless. So, I mean, just like your tickets are all going to be on your phone. Uh, now if you want to go get a, a stadium dog and, and a Coke or whatever, you're going to need to, you know, a debit card. I'm always the opposite. I never have any cash on me. Uh, it's a rare, rare time that I have like, ten dollars in cash on me but um you know I, i'm not everybody so just keep that in mind if you're going to the games you know cash won't count for anything inside the stadium uh and i really think that's it i think most of the stuff is just i mean it's the same it's going to be the they're going to try to, to they're going to try to do this uh jack did say that they're going to try to they're on a weekly basis they're going to reevaluate So who knows really what's going down the pipeline. Excuse me. Anytime they do that, that generally means that, um, I mean, it leaves it open. They're not going to try to, they're trying not to surprise anybody, but they want want to make people aware and ready that if a change does happen, you know, this is just how things are going to go this year. So that, and of course, none of that is going to matter to us until September 11th. Uh, before that, we have uh, our opening game of the season, which is now, as I recorded this, eight days away. Um, you know, just a week away. Look, uh, Florida State down in Tallahassee. And the line dropped once again. <clears throat> I believe when I recorded this the last time, it was set at eight and a half. Now we're down, or maybe it was eight, but I thought it was eight and a half. Now we're down to seven and a half. And the, so just another point that, that drops. The over-under has stayed at 56. Um, and the money lines have moved, I mean, which means the money lines have moved slightly. But, you know, if, if you're betting $100 on Notre Dame, you're going to get, uh, like, a little over 30, 35 bucks back if Notre Dame wins. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, if you bet $100 on Florida State, you're going to get about $225 back um, in winnings. So, the line movement is a little funny, uh, but a lot of that is, you know, what where the money's going, where the bets are going right now. Um, you know, this isn't March or, you know, this isn't May. Now we're starting to see all these uh, all these bets come in, and you'll start seeing the lines move a little bit. I, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know if seven and a half stays that way for a while. I, I would bet it goes, it shoots back up to eight and a half before kickoff, but um I'm, this is definitely not a an area of my expertise, uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend. I'll relay the information to you. Uh, just about any time we do these podcast, these uh, news and notes podcasts. But um, as far as being an expert on on sports gambling, I am not him, I, and I'm not gonna pretend like I'm him, like uh, some people do. Um, <laughs> But you know it, today is the first uh as a recording this, this is the first college football Saturday of the season so we're all pretty si- excited about that. But just wanted to um give a shout out to for Notre Dame's uh, recruits, their commits and their targets for um a Friday night it just the highlights just kept rolling in uh Friday night on Twitter. Uh it was kind of a fun thing to watch. I put that put that up on the uh on onefootdown.com, a bunch of clips from from that. One of my favorite was uh, Xavier Nwankwa, who is a, Notre Dame's number one safety target this round. It's basically Notre Dame and, and Ohio State, um, Iowa. He's an Iowa native. Iowa might be in the mix um, a little bit there, but it's really you know Notre Dame, Ohio State right now. Uh, but Nwankwa saved a touchdown in the end zone with an interception. He scored a touchdown uh, reception, and then uh, in the fourth quarter. With six seconds left in the game, uh, he catch caught a I believe it was a thirty eight yard yeah thirty eight yard hail mary touchdown to win the game uh, uh, for his team which is south southeast Polk in, in Iowa uh, just kind of fun to watch and it's you know like yeah a lot of the talk this offseason, a lot of the fun talk has been about you know getting a, uh, getting Kyle Hamilton at wide some time at wide receiver throwing some jump balls blah, blah 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 well, the, like, the most comparable guy coming up behind uh, Kyle Hamilton is Xavier Nwankba. Uh So a guy that, you know, still have not, this is by no means, you know, Notre Dame has a long ways to go still uh, battling Ohio State for his signature, but here's a guy who can possibly be another... Uh, Kyle Hamilton. I know for Greg, it would be blasphemous if I said the next Kyle Hamilton because there's only one Kyle Hamilton. But if you're looking for a Kyle Hamilton-type player, Xavier Nwankba can be that. And I hope I'm pro- hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. <clears throat> uh, but there was also some other, you know, besides him, there's all sorts of stuff. C.J. Williams had, had a good night catch touchdown. But maybe the, the the best thing about C- Report about C.J. Williams um, on Friday night was – during, was it during? Yeah, during a blowout win. Like their, uh Mater D was just, Mater D was just kicking the crap out of Duncanville. He's picking up trash on the sidelines. So, it's a good kid. Uh I, I like that kind of stuff reported. I can't remember who it was, the recruit. Um uh, it, it was Maybe a couple of years ago that it was reported that was doing this. Just something you like to see. Um, just kind of shows you... A little bit more of a of a high character guy we appreciate that here at Notre Dame. Um so good good going there. Uh Jadarian Price, kind of for me, maybe more so than than what Nabok Nwankpa did. Um had himself a hell of a night. Look, I know we were disappointed about Nicholas uh Nicholas Singleton committing to Penn State. You know, we a lot of us kind of thought Notre Dame had him in the bag in June. Um and then whoof that went poof went away, but we've had Jadarian price committed since like February, uh, running back out of Texas place for Denison high last night. He ran for 255 yards uh, at a touchdown. I mean, he just, there's a picture of him up. He's he looks like a college running back right now. This is a, a, a really good looking running back, uh, body on this kid. I mean, it's, he is, he is impressive. Um, and yeah, it was 259 yards on 22 carries. It was the 14th best game in Dennis in history. Dennis is a pretty good program. Uh, so so good on him. Uh, but uh, Eli Raridan, now, you know, <laughs> tight end recruiting, and, and Raridan's a funny one because you know rated is a three star across a lot of different formats. Uh, and, but watching him play, and this is what the vibe from like what the coaching staff was kind of, uh, you know, whatever leaks to the recruiting reporters. The coaches have extremely high on Eli Raritan and then watched, uh, saw the 70, 78 yard touchdown that he had. I don't know how he, I mean, he caught it. It was an underthrown ball, came back, caught it. Cool. Uh, throws a couple stiff arms out. And then like three guys had an angle on him like a close angle on him and he just kicked on the burners, uh, out there in Iowa. Another, it was all last night recruiting was all Iowa and Ohio apparently. Uh, but, uh, it has that touchdown. So he looked really good. Looked like a, you know, really nice athlete out there. Um, so love that Sonny styles, you know, how did, a, you know, did some nice things, uh, Steven jelly, uh, and also, you know, had a nice touchdown to, uh, defensive commit, uh, Jaden Bellamy. Uh, so little, little shamrock, shamrock connection there. Uh, so all in all, you know, it was a, it was a nice fun night. Um, I, I, I don't remember. It was, a, it was a good night. Let's put it that way. It's a good night. Super excited to see what, uh, what these guys do throughout their season, uh, as we, you know, barrel, you know, race towards signing day in December, uh, with the hopes of, uh, of getting ourselves a top five class-esque. Maybe it's not exactly top five, but keep it in the top 10. If it's six or seven, that's <clears throat> six or seven to me will be just as great as five. I'll celebrate either way. Uh, but I think that's all I got got for you right now. Uh, we, will re, we will have the Florida State Preview Podcast uh, coming up in, I think, Wednesday morning. Uh, Should be there, and you're all your podcast players. Uh, and I be, hope we'll see about getting Jude on there. Jude's been really busy, uh, he's missed the last couple of pods, and then hopefully we'll be able to get him on this one. I don't know, um, if I can talk into it yet, though. Uh, so I'm about take a walk uh, late at night. Uh, but just a reminder get over to Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating, please leave a review. All the reviews that you leave, I will read on the next OFT podcast. And I do ask that uh, your reviews and ratings are kind of reserved for for our big special show, uh, the OFT podcast itself. Um, these news and notes are kind of a utility service for for y'all, as well as the off the rails which show, which I'm probably going to do too. So you guys might be getting four episodes uh, this this fall. That's kind of my hopes, anyways. A week, um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes uh, with with uh, with time and all that, but um, I'm hoping to get a, hoping to do all that uh, for you this fall. Congratulations, we made it to the season again. Today's the first day of college football. Just watching Illinois and Nebraska already had me dozing off for uh, for a quick couple moments. So I know college football back. Uh, thanks for listening, and as always, go Irish.